welcome to another episode of You Might Love This. It's a show and tell podcast from us. To y'all out to, there. To you, yeah. I'm Cassie. I'm Max. And today we have a guest who uh, was a tremendous, uh, just a, a, a wonderful get for us when we were still hosting a show about ghost adventures. Uh, he's somebody who lived a dream of mine, which was to personally uh, interact with Zach Bagans on television. One of our favorite Ghost Adventures episodes, you might remember, it was Fear Factory, which takes place in a haunted, haunted house in Salt Lake City, Utah. Please welcome friend of the show, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> oh, we're great. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Cool. It's lovely having you. We're so grateful that we got, uh, wait, I'm, I'm losing train of thought. We're really grateful that you uh, took the time out of your day to come talk with us and oh, yeah, tell our sure. fans about uh, what you're interested in. And, and, oh, yeah. and that you even contacted us was a, just an absolute joy. So thank you. A bolt from the blue. Of course. It was. Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what are you passionate about? I am passionate about haunted attractions, haunted houses, haunted trails, haunted mazes, you name it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. Cassie has a much longer history than me with haunted houses because I was always too scared to go into them <laughs> as a younger person. Oh, man. So was I. <laughs> oh, really? So this yeah, is an interesting sure. arc you're on. Yeah, definitely. So, so tell us, how... Did you get started with haunted houses? Where did the inspiration come from? What was your your uh, interest? Where did it stem from? When I was nine or ten, there was a haunted attraction in Salt Lake City called Rocky Point Haunted House. Rocky Point was renowned as one of the best haunted houses in the world at the time. Everything about it was completely revolutionary, new. Um, they had actual set pieces from movies. Ooh. They would have actors from horror films come down and do meet and greets with oh. actors and customers. Wow. It was absolutely incredible. And, and my parents took a friend of mine and I there and scared the bejesus out of us <laughs> and i'm not scared to admit that him and i were on the floor literally crying oh no because it was a really good haunted house yeah but when we left i wanted to go again because i was like okay like i've never felt like that like unsafe before in a yeah. safe environment yeah in a completely controlled environment and uh and then it just kind of ran from there um and also the haunted mansion at disneyland was also oh. something that something that i was very obsessed with when i was younger and right, right now actually do they still <laughs> they removed the tower of terror right but do they yes, still they have uh -huh. the haunted mansion or did they convert that no to? that's still there i'm pretty sure yes they do still have it um yes. and actually half of my house is decorated in in haunted mansion artwork and Aww. a bunch of stuff so that's yeah. brilliant but yeah that's kind of where it all started and just ever since then i've just been completely obsessed with anything to do with haunted houses and anything else that has to do with it amazing that's well, such an interesting thing that you went from like that your first journey through a haunted house took you to such low lows and but still ended 
but it still ended with like a positive impression that yeah, made you definitely. like yeah and i mean like even before that i had this like strange obsession with like funerals and graveyards mm. yes so like just like every just like that whole like dark ambiance just kind of spoke to me even from a young age mm-hmm. and i'm sure everybody thought i was messed up or weird <laughs> um <laughs> and then i found other people who were you know like me and you know it's a good. tale as old as time <laughs> yes. yeah for sure well how did you get involved with the fear factory so I actually worked for a haunted attraction called the Haunted Forest in American Fork, Utah, uh, for a couple of years before I worked at Fear Factory. So I acted there um, for ooh, three seasons, and then my parents divorced, and I moved to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And um, I joined the Fear Factory in their second year of operation. So they were a brand new haunt Wow! when I first got there. And I don't know if I would even count their first season as a season because they were only open for like three nights. Because, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, the fire marshal <gasps> gave them literal hell and like and like made them rebuild all of their pretty much everything all their walls all their staircases wow and would not let them open until the like very last second and just really and i mean and we're talking about millions of dollars worth of stuff here i can imagine yeah yeah so they they didn't even think that they were going to even last (laughs) like another season so wow and i mean like from the beginning it was an incredible location and uh-huh. they did such a good job like just from the get-go yeah so then their first big season before that i think it was in maybe july they had a friday the 13th event a lot of haunted houses nowadays they'll open on various friday the 13th throughout the year um, whether it be summer or spring and so they opened for that event and i got on with them then and then I stayed and then I worked there for a couple of years my second season is when the ghost adventures thing happened Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) it was at the very end of that second season when that when that was happening so, so the reason, uh, the reason, well, it, we got into this in the episode of Insanely Haunted where we watched you, but like the reason that the Ghost Adventures crew was there was because Fear Factory was reportedly like actually haunted by real ghosts. And, and it I, is. And it is. <laughs> yeah. So like, what was that like uh, working at a place that had this reputation for being actually haunted? Well, that makes it even better. I mean, <laughs> now there's this weird thing throughout the whole cast as well where like i mean a lot of them did experience um paranormal events Mm -hmm. but also acting in a haunted house is extremely difficult i can imagine it's hard on your body your voice literally everything and if you've been doing it night after night you feel like you've just been running a marathon Mm -hmm. And you just, you start getting sick, you don't get enough sleep, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) some of the actors would use that as an excuse to go home. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too scared. I got to leave. And like every once in a while, you could tell like they were like actually scared, like something like may have actually happened. But like there were a lot of the like younger ones who were like, I saw a ghost. I'm going to go home. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so, um, so I thought that that was um, pretty funny and it was never like looked down upon. It wasn't 
a bad thing. You're like, sure. oh, okay, they're probably just really tired and yeah. totally understand. So was there like a steep learning curve with with dealing with that kind of extended fatigue brought on by the kind of work it takes to do in a in a haunted attraction like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, okay, so like you'll have like a veteran actor who has been doing it for years and years, and they'll they'll tell you, you know, like don't exert all of your energy in one night, you know, conserve when you can, and don't go like full on for like every single group like mm-hmm. do like 80 percent, you know still do a really good job but don't like kill yourself yeah and i learned that very quickly because i can make a lot of like weird noises and stuff and uh <laughs> they, um, but they annihilate my voice yeah yeah and straight up just like can't even talk mm-hmm. and so like i was i was using those noises like group after group after group and then halfway through the night i'm like okay i can't even talk now so yeah. so i would conserve that for someone who was like really actually scared just to, <laughs> yeah just to make it even worse and as far as like what it does uh like to your muscles i mean if you're in like let's say you're someone who is in a victim's role uh-huh. if you're like thrashing around and you're acting like you're being you know ripped apart that's very physical and yeah. I mean, a couple hours of that and you just feel like you've just been like lifting weights all night. Yeah, sure. And that's very rough on your body. And I've worked with actors who have like seriously hurt themselves and like decommissioned themselves the entire season oh, just, by, oh, just by going too hard. Like they'll like break a bone. Oh Whoa. my gosh. Or something. Yeah. Or whiplash. Yes, yes, actually. When I do certain roles, um, I do this thing where I like shake and like convulse. Uh-huh. One night I had been doing that too much. It just it I just started to just like throw up. And I was like, Oh, oh gosh. Man. All right, I pushed myself way too far. Luckily I threw up in front of customers, so that was good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of like drove home the illusion, right? Yes, like gave you a little more exactly. ammo. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they were like, how did they do that? And I was like, no, I'm like, actually. <laughs> that was real. Oh, yeah. There are no pipes here. There yeah, are no tubes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have a bag in my wrist or anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely hurt yourself if you're not. I mean, when I was working um, at... As a casting manager at the Haunted Forest, uh, we had an actor climb up a tree and fall out of the tree and break his leg. (gasps) My God. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and we tell them, do not climb trees. Don't climb on anything. (laughs) Do not even get up on a box. Just don't because you never know what's going to happen. And also you could possibly injure a customer as well as yourself. Yeah, I don't want that. Customer injuries, I mean, they do happen from time to time. It's very, very rare. At I, I have a question. Does uh, yes. OSHA have Does OSHA have a separate set of guidelines for haunted houses? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I don't think OSHA really pays attention to haunted okay. houses, and that's probably good. <laughs> or haunted houses probably wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know how much longer we have left on our clocks until uh until they do start paying attention i i can guarantee that they pay attention to like big name attractions like at like at universal studios or something like that but usually like a local haunted house i i don't really know i know that you're 
I know that your your uh, local fire marshals and things things like that they pay very close attention to everything mm-hmm. that you do. Maybe because OSHA doesn't. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's what I'm thinking. I've never heard a haunt owner talk about OSHA. Now that you mention it, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking maybe it just haunted houses might follow along the same line as amusement parks yeah i mean and i'm sure that there's just a different category maybe mm-hmm. yeah or yeah maybe it was just doesn't bother <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean as far far as i know they they've never gone after anybody that that i know or or that i've heard somewhere else in a different state so but Phew. i know <laughs> as long as your walls aren't made up of loose asbestos <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. No loose asbestos. I know that, like, for instance, um, when we were working on uh, the new location for the Haunted Forest in American mm-hmm. Fork, they, the fire marshal made us use like certain hardware and things like that. And uh, we had actually built a whole bunch of stuff before they had said that. And we had to dismantle a whole bunch of stuff and put new hardware in a bunch of stuff. Oh, man. Wow. So, which is good because they're right, but mm-hmm. bad for us because we had to redo a bunch of stuff. So, well, Speaking of OSHA regulations, the Fear Factory where you used to work has a history that kind of reflects a lack of OSHA mm, violations, yeah. correct? Uh, yes. Yes, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'm no historian by any means, but I have heard a lot of the stories. Um, so there there were a couple of factory workers who worked there when it was a cement factory back in the early uh, 1900s, 1910s and 20s. There was a worker named George Howe, I believe. And uh, he got caught in, I think it was like some sort of cement grinder or something. Oh boy. And his sleeve got caught in and he got pulled in and his arm got ripped off and he bled to death and died. Oh my. A couple people fell off of the catwalks and into like vats of acid. Oh God. Yeah. So it's very comic booky. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sweet, but it's also horrible <laughs> because somebody died. Um, but uh, um, as I have heard that quite a few of those deaths, alcohol was a contributor. Mm. So drinking on the job and falling to a vat of acid sounds about right. <laughs> but uh, and then there were just a whole bunch of other maybe non-fatal accidents. And then there was a bunch of suicides as Mm -hmm. far as I've heard. There there had been like a couple of, when the factory was abandoned, um, it had been made a home of by um, homeless people. And uh, I was told that a a number of them froze to death in the winter, which is pretty awful. And there were like overdoses and Mm -hmm. things like that. Just really tragic stuff like that and really sad. And you know what? I do believe that 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 overall feeling of like sadness kind of contributes to a place like that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Just like a lingering kind of gloom. And uh, when you're walking through that factory in the daytime, even then, it just feels really tense. Mm-hmm. And uh, just really creepy. And then I don't think I've told this to many people, but one day I was working there and I was down in the catacombs, which are the underground tunnels. And I was down there cleaning up some sludge out of some mm-hmm. gutters. Nobody knows what it is. It's just, it's just sludge. Just goo. And, <laughs> yeah. Concerning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this black, thick stuff. I don't know. Oh, so, 
probably very, very toxic. Okay. So I was cleaning that out and the owner said he was going to the hardware store to pick up some more lumber or something. And I believe him and I were, well, I know that him and I were the only two um, people on the property. And when you leave, you close the, you shut the gate or else, Mm -hmm. you know, curious people wander in. And I was at one end of the tunnel uh, towards the end and I heard a voice from the opposite end of the tunnel. And I was like, that's weird. I thought he was gone. And it had been like maybe like five or six minutes. And I heard him like drive away and leave and like close the gate and everything. So I hurried over to the other side. I wind through the set and everything. I get up there and there's nobody. And then I'm like, huh, that's that's weird. Maybe I'm just hearing things. So I go back down to a similar spot where I was before. And then I heard it again. And then I was like, okay, now I know for sure that like, I'm not just like hearing things. Yeah. I I go back, nothing. I circle around. I'm looking around. There's nothing. And then like 10 minutes later, my boss comes back and I asked him, I was like, Hey, like you weren't here a few minutes ago. Right. And he's like, no. And I was like, Oh, I heard some voices. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, that was weird. And then in the infamous hell silo. Right. Where you performed. Yeah, exactly. Where I used to play Satan. We did this thing called blackout. It's when you shut off all the lights in the haunted house. And then uh, you give customers these tiny little lights. They're like little uh, finger lights. (laughs) Yeah. They provide almost no light whatsoever. (laughs) So it's... All sense of security. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So it's incredibly dark. But on that night, myself and my actors were all seeing shadows moving around inside the silo just like we'd see like something just like kind of like cross the path of like an exit light sign yeah. that was like there's like cast off of a sign or we'd like kind of like feel something and and like prior to that we hadn't really experienced much but like this was the like final night of the season uh-huh. and and just like on on this one night um my, myself and five other people all experienced these weird shadows interesting and so that was pretty strange but yeah yeah, i don't know what that was but like prior to that i mean there wasn't really much and whenever like tv reporters or like people from various other sources of media would come um they would always bring up the deaths Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and the owners would tell like the same stories over and over again and things like that and and like it makes you wonder if like if like if you're like a spirit, if you just hear your death being constantly retold over and over Ooh. again, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. that like makes it more active or something, I don't know. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so that that place is some serious business. And I've been on probably four ghost hunts there with like ghost hunting teams. Mm-hmm. And there was always something weird. Um, I don't like spirit boxes very much because I don't know if they work or not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that most of it's just bs but there there was a time or two where they were using it and there were like full-fledged like insults like coming through the spirit box oh wow yeah and they were saying some pretty nasty words so i don't know if um if you want me to repeat those words on here but we can leave that to our (laughs) listeners imagination (laughs) for sure um but we all heard it and uh they were being uh directed at one person (laughs) the asker i guess so i thought that that was a little strange because usually it was just like a weird like random word coming through or or whatever Mm -hmm. but but it was really specific yeah it was really specific and not stuff you hear on the radio so okay yeah (laughs) I don't know. 
pretty strange. Something I'm curious about, Chris, is uh, was there anything that in your in your career of working at haunted attractions was there anything that like as part of the learning curve really surprised you? about what the what the life of a of a scare actor is like so as a scare actor not so much i mean i mean it comes pretty easy once you get the hang of it but owning a haunted attraction Mm -hmm. is insanely difficult so tell us about this yeah so of course i've never owned my own attraction as of yet i'm about there Mm -hmm. one more year Yes, (laughs) But I mean, you have to do so much in order to keep your attraction relevant and Mm. running smoothly to put on a good show every single night. Mm -hmm. And that can be really tough. Like if half of your actors get sick or if or if there's a football game or if there's prom Mm -hmm. or or whatnot. And so even just getting people to act in your haunted house to make it operate smoothly is a massive challenge. Mm-hmm. Recruiting good people is also a big challenge. I've I've worked with actors who should not be working in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And like that's a big bummer because like I know that they're having a good time but they're just customers are just like laughing at them and oh. you just mm-hmm. you just feel bad for the actor and customers yeah. customers can be pretty nasty. I mean <laughs> I mean like not only do they hit you but like oh I've been I've been punched every part of my body. And oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. So I can imagine when the adrenaline is high that might just kick in for some folks. Yeah, I mean, like you'll have a big macho dude come in with his girlfriend, and he'll just punch you in the face just because it's fun. So what? great, love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had my nose almost broken twice, and oh uh, one time I got kicked in the face with a boot. So that was oh fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's brutal work. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you when you want to operate a successful haunted attraction, marketing is like everything. And yeah. if you're imagine. not on top of like every platform of social media, if you're not on top of every every sponsorship or or anything like that, um, it can really hurt you. And I've seen haunted houses that spend a ton of money on their attraction, but they don't advertise right. And they just go under and they don't oh. even make it to a second season. And Dang. that that ruins your entire financial life. Yeah. So, because it is not cheap. I'll tell you right now, in in one of the bedrooms in my house, I have a collection of body props that cost me almost $25,000. <gasps> oh my gosh. And that's just like a scene of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like it can be extremely expensive if you want to do it right. I mean, you can home make everything and it'll look fine. Yeah, but if you really want to put on a quality show, you got to spend the money. I can imagine mm-hmm. it sounds like it's almost to the level of like a Hollywood film set. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, like you go to some of these like high dollar haunts, and you could walk in there and shoot a movie immediately. Like, That's wow, they look that good. I and and like even without like set lighting and like being in the dark, they just look amazing. Yeah, and it's so hard to find people who can produce that level of detail and it's it's hard to maintain that level of detail throughout your entire haunted house because it's so expensive yeah i imagine well and you i mean don't you have to kind of change up things every year yes i mean um most haunted houses tend to change up about 
uh, between 30 and 40% of their attraction every year. I know a couple haunts that change everything every year, mm-hmm. and that's insanely hard and expensive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, they'll take out something that maybe had been there for a while or didn't do as well. And they'll yeah. just replace it with something better. But and you never know really like what's gonna work and what's not gonna work because you just you just don't really know. I mean, you can take the easy way and and like build a set based off of whatever horror movie came out that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but like that just gets so overused, then you have characters in your attraction that people recognize from those films. I mean, it's just not very creative i guess no, you're just yeah. regurgitating things now i will say if you have an actual set from that movie that's totally different yeah yeah that's extremely cool yeah <laughs> for sure like i had mentioned uh that haunt house earlier um rocky point they had a bunch of stuff from aliens oh, oh wow and um like they had the like egg pods and like a bunch of the like the like alien ship pieces and things like that and they had like a full like xenomorph costume that was like used in the film and it was crazy. yeah wow. yeah for sure but like it's just it's just it's just not as easy as people think it <laughs> yeah. is it's not like doing a spook alley in your garage by any means yeah, and no. um i guess we kind of you kind of hinted at this a little bit i think it would be worth mentioning mm-hmm. that like what you are you're sort of tra- making a transition now from just working at these haunted places and i wonder if, if you would want to tell us a little bit about um, the kind of stuff you're working on now. Sure. So actually, as of today, as we are recording this podcast, um, I have obtained a location for our haunted attraction. Yay! Um, yeah, finally, it's been three years um, of searching and, and everything like that. But uh, for the past, oh man, 11 years, I think, I've worked for haunted houses and whether it's been acting or managing building whatever and that has given me the training that i need to do it on my own and um i'm sure that uh the owners of those haunts love that because they train competition which is good (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um i i mean a lot of haunt actors will say you know i'm gonna open a haunt you know one day soon and you're like okay (laughs) <laughs> and uh, not not to like be a jerk. I mean, like I said, <laughs> it's it's super expensive, and you can't just jump into it. I mean, yeah. I've spent thousands of dollars on seminars, things that I didn't learn when I was working for a uh, professional haunt um, uh-huh. at trade shows and things like that. Mm. And so there was one season where I had finished up my season at the haunt I was working for, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't I don't want to work for a haunted house anymore. I want to do my own. Cool. And and of course, um I was met with uh-huh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, sounds good. Uh <laughs> let me know how that goes. Um <laughs> which which is completely warranted to be honest because it's super hard. But the first time that I showed up to the trade show which is called uh Trans World, which is held every year in St. Louis in March ran into the owners of the attractions I used to work for. And they're like, what are you doing here? And uh, like, I'm opening a haunt. And they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So, and then like one of the owners from one of the haunts I used to work for, he was like, you know, you really just shouldn't. (laughs) What? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just like flat out. And um, I remember I was having a conversation with him about uh, which insurance agency he uses to insure their event. He was like, you know, it's really hard and all this stuff and it's expensive. You just shouldn't do it. 
<laughs> and I was wow. like, okay, you just made it even more of a goal for me to do it by saying that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, well now I'm like, now you have now to. you're definitely doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now now I have like, to do it. It's yeah. not a question anymore. Yeah, for sure. And and now um, that attraction is direct competition for me. So we'll see how that goes. Competing haunted houses can be kind of petty with each other. Oh. I don't I don't really want to get into it because it kind of sucks. So I started taking seminars, which um, I didn't know if that was going to even help or not. Because mm-hmm. previous years when I had visited that trade show, um, that very same owner of that attraction told me that seminars were a waste of time. And uh, I was like, huh, well, I'm going to see for myself. And the, the information has been in valuable that's awesome i have just notebooks just chock full of stuff now and you can take classes on anything and everything on like on like event insurance event planning Mm -hmm. how to work with your local municipalities how to get permits all this stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's not all just like how to make this wall look like it's been sprayed with human gore so (laughs) (laughs) you know the usual Yeah. yeah Exactly. Which they do have that too. And like, those are a lot of fun and they're interesting, but I mean, your haunted house can look great. Like I said, but if no one comes, right. there's no point in anything. It's still a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot of people who want to get into it, don't treat it like that. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, it's a haunted house. People are just going to show up. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you build it well, more will come. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing that and then I started to buy things. I started to buy costumes and props, all this stuff. And um, I've been to, I don't know how many antique stores just looking for cool. just, like, just like weird stuff. And I've just, just got a whole bunch of like weird antiques and family photos from unknown families and just like a bunch of random stuff. And then, of course, at these trade shows, I mean, you can buy these big 12-foot tall animatronics that cost $15,000. And, and of course, you want those. But, I mean, it's fifteen grand on one car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got you, you to gotta get to that point. So, yeah. so it can all be very overwhelming because you're like, I don't know like what to buy. I don't know what I should not. And then you start to sit down and you start to kind of pick apart everything thing that you need for mm-hmm. a single set it's so much i mean sound lighting this and that and so it was all kind of overwhelming for me as i was sitting down with my wife to kind of plan this out and then i was like okay we're gonna need a lot more money than i thought first of mm-hmm. all we're gonna need a lot more time than i thought i'm just learning along the way and so then eventually it got to the point where um i was calling my local municipalities just to find out what kind of permits i need from them who the fire marshal is um just so i could figure it out for when the time comes so i know who to talk to so i can expedite the process instead of figuring it out then so yeah i mean that's that's kind of how i made that transition was just wanting to not work for somebody else anymore. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's, of course you've got 11 years of doing it under your belt. So like yeah. there's clearly no better training than like actually doing it. Yes. One thing I'm curious about though, is like when I lived in Louisville, I had a friend who worked at Waverly Hills Sanatorium Ooh. and um, she was, uh, she got to like design her own character and like build her own costume. Cause she had a background in nice. like in cosplay and going to conventions and things like that. So, and, oh, okay. 
I, I'm just really curious about if there was anything in your background before you started working at haunted houses that was like, were you, did you do theater? Were you into, were you already into like carpentry or anything like that? Or, um, no, actually I just, I was just really into Halloween and haunted houses and, (laughs) um, and so like that just kind of, I mean, like I never wanted to like, to like do construction sure, yeah, or, or anything like that. But then once I figured out that I wanted to do this, I, I, I took an interest in it and I started to work for a, a construction company so I could learn how to put those skills That's to awesome. use. That's so, so then when it came time to actually start to help build a haunted attraction, um, which was the first year of the new haunted forest in American Fork after they changed locations, I already knew how to do some of that stuff. So I didn't have to like be like a laborer, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I just, it was all that. It was always Still- that. A love, yeah. yeah. a love for Halloween, a love for... Well, and and you clearly like thought like really carefully about what it is you needed to do to get where you wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it's taken me, you know, quite a while to get where I am. And I mean, I'm technically just starting my journey of, of owning and operating my own attraction because we're going to start building probably in November of this year. So we're going to have like a whole lot of time to... Uh, to make it really great for our first season. And um, I brought up Halloween. The funny thing is, is when I started working in haunted houses, Halloween as a holiday started to matter less and less to me. Interesting. Really? Yeah, like I don't even remember the last time I've been to a Halloween party. Wow. Um, I'm sure, because that's work time now. <laughs> yes and no, because the uh, because the last like last like four years, three years, I haven't worked for a haunt. I've just been, mm-hmm. I've just been kicking around trying to figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so like the last like three or four years, like I kind of just like sat at home and passed out candy to trick or treaters, and like every once in a while I'd give one of them a good scare or something. <laughs> Staying fresh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I have I have since like done like a little bit of like scare actor acting just just because I was I was bored and wanted to work in a friend's home haunt or something like that and like that's fun but like people always ask me you know like oh I bet that you like celebrate Halloween like all out I'm like actually no (laughs) probably less than you so um honestly like every day is Halloween in my house because yeah yeah because like my entire house is slasher movies and I've got props everywhere and masks and costumes and just like wall to wall pretty much that's the dream I know right isn't that great (laughs) so it's funny when we've had guests over they're like I don't want to sleep in your house (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's pretty great um when when um, it gets to the point where you don't where guests don't know if whether the thing they're looking at is part of your decor or an actual <laughs> monster, yeah. you know you've done good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I remember the last time that we moved, um, I had my because I have a, a cargo van that that I use for work, and it was chock full of bodies, and. <laughs> And I remember just unloading these bodies into my house and my neighbor was like, what is even <laughs> like, and they're like highly realistic, like mangled, just disgusting corpses. And, <laughs> and, uh, they look like a crime scene. 
I mean, oh my god, they're just really, really detailed and nasty. And that is so funny. They were like, "Oh my gosh!" And like their kids went inside and everything. <laughs> and so, so that's pretty great. Maybe if you uh, if you dress up like Jason Voorhees when you're making these trips from your car to your home, they'll be a little less scary because they'll be like, "Oh, those are fake. Oh, that's just Halloween. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah they're just Halloween decorations. They're yeah, not real. Sure. Yeah." <laughs> Well, and I mean, like, they're made of polyurethane, and they have, like, a, a steel core. So they're pretty, like... Lifelike? Well, they're pretty frigid. They're, like, really, really, like, flat and straight. Oh, okay. So it looks like you're just, like, carrying a piece of wood because they're, they're like, straight. <laughs> and it, they just look like they have, like, extreme um, rigor mortis. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, um, but then, like, I've got a couple that are, like, little kids. And uh oh no. Yeah, for sure. So um like I said, we we wanna go all out. I mean like I really, really, really wanna you know. Are you a fan of Edward Gorey? I actually don't know what that is. Oh, oh well we got some some stuff for you. He's uh oh, he's yeah. a writer and illustrator who just did some really fun, like creepy children's books that are Oh, uh, that sounds funny. great. It's like a series of unfortunate events for kids. Oh okay. <laughs> like for actual like Real unfortunate events. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're getting kind of close to the end of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do have one question for you that I hope will stir some memories. Do you have a favorite haunted house or haunted attraction experience from either perspective of the customer going through or the person who is like playing Satan in the hell silo or whatever? <laughs> So, um, one of my favorite memories is, uh, one night I was working at Fear Factory and at the end of my zone was this big metal tunnel. I thought you were going to say big man. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um, uh, was this big metal tunnel and, um, there's a chainsaw guy right there, but, um, he was like sick or something. So I ended up having to like play like two rolls in like one night uh-huh. so, which is very difficult I can imagine. and it was a pretty slow i think it was like a tuesday or a wednesday night which is pretty slow so i was able to have some more fun with the customers mm-hmm. and there was a group of teenage girls and um i chased them with the saw out of the haunt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then i was like you know i still want to mess with them so i keep chasing them out outside to their car oh god and then they had a pickup truck and i got in the back of the pickup truck <gasps> and they were in the cab and the little sliding door in the back of the cab was unlocked so i slid it open and put my saw in through the cab oh my god and then um i stuck my head in there and was just like going crazy and then they started to drive away with me in the bed of the truck oh no oh, no yeah <laughs> So I was like, okay, I got to get out or they're going to like take me like out of here. So, (laughs) so then they're starting to like pull away and I just like jump out and, um, I landed it just fine. So yeah, that was probably one of my favorite memories was, (laughs) was that one. Well, Chris, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. (laughs) I can't imagine. It's so interesting learning about this world because it's something that is like that most people just don't know about. Most people really don't know about what goes into, to building something like this yeah no it's a it's a big big thing and uh a lot more goes into it than most people think 
So, and I, I, I know uh, we probably don't want to give out too much about your attraction um, since it is going to be competition, <laughs> and I'm sure you want to keep some things a surprise. But what little details can you give us about uh, your future? So attraction. So we are going to do something a little bit different. Um, a lot of the haunts in this area all kind of more or less do very similar things. And we're going to kind of give it more of like an old spook show kind of twist. Nice. So something kind of retro mixed with like modern blood and guts. Okay. So, um, so like very dirty, gritty, makes you feel awful, but you're also having a good time. Not only that, but the area where our attraction is, is drenched in history. Cool. So we're going to kind of play around with that a little bit. Um, maybe do some, um, some old mine kind of stuff. Um, Neat. because this area is, it kind of sprung up during the coal mining boom. So we're going to probably incorporate some of that into it. And we are in a desert. So um, we have a whole nother set of problems. We don't have big buildings or trees or anything like that. So we're so we're thinking ghost towns and mm-hmm. run down little villages and just Red. this dry, dirty. Di- yeah. So yeah. amazing. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, whenever it's open, we'll have to try we'll and come visit. Come visit. Yes, yes. Come visit me in the teeny tiny town of Price. Cool. <laughs> so well, we're excited. And wh- where can um people follow you to keep track of what you're doing and when your facility opens up? So I haven't launched any pages yet for our attraction. Um, I'm actually going to do that this week. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, chrismporter61. Um, that's that's where I'm most active. And I will be posting um, a lot to do with what we're doing on there. And we will be on Facebook as well. But I'm not really active on there other for like business reasons. So <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of it. I know that's that's. That's not much to give out. But it's okay. Well, whenever yeah. you uh, have a website. Yeah, we'd love to help with the promotion. Yeah. So oh, any, awesome. any info you get, once you get that it, would we'd be love fantastic. to share it. Yeah. 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 It'd be awesome. Uh, and so this is the part of the show now where we turn it over to the to you, the listener, and we talk a little bit about what you've got going on and where uh, your responses to our previous episodes question. And last episode, we asked you what your favorite piece of ghost hunting technology was. And here's uh, some of what we heard. Marilyn says, quote, In my time with a local paranormal investigation group, I found that out of all the high-tech gadgets we used, the only thing we ever got something on I could never explain was an old-fashioned tape recorder. We had a digital one next to it that did not pick up the same voice. Max says, Gotta give it to the classic EVP recorders. I love hearing the Ghost Adventures crew replay a fart or a squeaky floor 30 times to try and hypnotize themselves into believing it said murder or something. Laura Ray says, EM pump. Because anytime they use it and then use a device like that, senses EM fields, they're like, obviously ghosts. Seth says, I know it's simple, but I got to tip my hat to night vision cameras. The footage is always just so aesthetic. Nat says, dowsing is underrated. 
pendulums especially, I think the rods are more commonly used, I guess because it's easier to film. And Seth adds to his previous comment, also cats aren't equipment, but they are good ghost detectors. Emily says it's not from the GAC, but they use one called the Geoport on Paranormal Lockdown. I'm a complete skeptic, but however that machine works makes everything sound so completely eerie. It's almost impossible to decipher most of what it says, but it sounds a lot more paranormal than the spirit box. Briar says... I have been thinking about the classic Ouija board lately. I love when ghost hunters are like, this is a very dangerous tool. We have to be super careful. And then it spells out like the most predictable words. Megan says, boo buddy. More terrifying than the ghost. (laughs) I don't know what what that is, is. but it sounds uh, interesting. Hila says, I love the spirit box. I would never be able to have the patience to do a spirit box session, but the edited sessions of ghost hunting shows where they lead you to the answer they want through priming and subtitles are my jam. And Victoria says, I like the good old fashioned voice recorder. I think it's more reliable of a tool because there's either a voice or there isn't. Not much in between. So if you want to send your responses to us, you can hit us up at you might love th1 on twitter uh, or you might love this podcast on facebook and uh, so send in the responses to the question that chris is about to ask you for next week and we'll read them on the air and what is your question for our listeners chris what scares you the most in a haunted house uh for me it is anytime they get close to me <laughs> So all the time. (laughs) I have to say, uh, well, the chainsaws are scary. They were especially (laughs) scary the first time I experienced Mm -hmm. them. And I will tell you, I mean, I know you're talking about like uh, haunted houses have the, you know, there's always the option of buying a very expensive, technologically advanced piece of whatever. Mm -hmm. But I will say... Probably one of the scariest things I experienced at a haunted house, and this was at um, a haunted house on the east side of Washington State, was literally just... A clown on stilts appearing out of the trees. Oh my god, I remember that we were on, it was a haunted hayride. Yeah, oh, it was terrifying. That's great. Scariest thing. And he just kind of went, hey there, as he walked by. <laughs> oh man. Anything unnaturally tall. Yes. Scares people. Absolutely. And anything that's not something that you would expect. Yeah. yeah. I yes. expect a clown to be average size. <laughs> yes. <laughs> average size clowns aren't as scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not a giant clown monster. <laughs> yeah. Giant clown beast. That yeah. can walk around and follow you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Uh, oh, yeah. man. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us, Chris. It's just been so much fun. It's always fun to talk to you about this stuff. And you if there's anything guys. else you'd pleasure. like to talk about in the future, please come on back. Yeah. Okay. You guys. Got it. <laughs> um, and thank you, listener, for joining us again. We're still a very new podcast, and so it is just wonderful that you're here uh, with us every day or every week, rather. Uh, like I said earlier, we're you might at you might love th1 on Twitter, and we're on Facebook as well. We also um, have a website. We also have a website. You might love this podcast.com. And this is the that critical period of time where leaving us ratings and reviews. Um, telling your friends, sharing episodes online is all super critical, super great for our growth. We know you're out there and I'm sure there, there are friends of yours who might enjoy uh, learning about haunted houses and things like that. And we've got, of course, tons of subjects. I mean, I know we've done creepy spooky two episodes in a row, but we've got more coming <laughs> um, that is more diverse, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, in the future. And uh, we are just over 
overjoyed that you're here. And of course, we'd like to say a big thank you to our dear friend, Leandra. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. It's a tradition. It's yeah. a two podcast. It's tradition. not a hand anymore, but but you know what? But we appreciate the help. Yes. <laughs> Her art. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's really it. Yeah. Yep. It's been uh, tons of fun spending this hour with you this week. And we'll see you again next week. Just like always, my name is Max. I'm Cassie. And my name is Chris. And you might love this. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. W-I-D-K. Do you wish listening to the radio sucked even more? Join Fish Stick. It stops you from pooping, but it has its own good chemicals that fight the bad chemicals in you, and that's why yogurt's good for you. Lulu. I don't like shellfish to eat. Feels wrong, like you're just prying open someone's house and you're like... <laughs> the Professor. If you really think about it, a hot dog is just a soft-shell bologna taco. And mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena, because that just seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. This is I Don't Know Radio. Search WIDK in your podcast app.